Welcome to the NC4 Podcast. We exist to know Christ and make Him known. Discover the power of a connected life by listening to this message from God's Word. Good morning, NC4 uh, Bethlehem. Good morning, NC4 McCungy, and all of you guys and gals joining us on live stream. My name is Jack, and I am a retired emeritus pastor here at NC4. And many of you know me as Grubby, and I'm still basking here in my continued irrelevance. So, <laughs> it's so good. So, except it's January. I hate January. You know, oh, I know we've got skiers and deer hunters and all that. Oh, man. You know, bring, bring on May right now. Today. Amen. All right. So... Anyway, so it's my honor this morning to do two things. One is to continue, just for a few moments, this wonderful series that Pastor Ian introduced last week entitled Dreams, Plural, of Generations, Plural. And and it's really like an insightful and provocative title. It interested me as he presented the vision for NC4 for the next five years last week. I really appreciated the whole morning. And it interested me as he presented the vision, how very much of what he presented was a continuation of the vision from the very days that the church was initiated. In other words, this isn't a new dream, but it is a dream that gets reinvigorated across generations. Are you there? Okay. So um, uh, we're now a second generation church. Huh? And the dream has to be, and I'm the first generation, okay? I'm the old guy in the room. And the dream has to be invigorated. That's, that's uh, for you younger people here, that's your job. You know, people like Isaiah and Junebug and, and Elijah. Tag, you're it, baby. <laughs> whether you, whether you want to pay attention to it or not, you are it. And God will have his way with you. It's kind of a wonderful thing. This morning, it's also my, my honor to make some affectionate comments regarding Denise Horn, who's been my, yeah, my PA. My PA for 30 years, and she was faithful for those three dec- decades. She was faithful for three decades for me, apart from the necessary trips that she had to take to the healthcare professionals consequent having to organize me. Anyway, Denise is the church's functional mother, now retired, passing the time. Well, she used to be passing the time with her beloved eagles, but not anymore. <laughs> and she's being, <laughs> she's being replaced by another woman of stature who was up here this morning, Rachel Crager. But back to the first... Yeah, yeah. So back to the first topic, this idea of intergenerational dreams which is a very biblical notion, and maybe it's even a principle. One of the signs of the coming of the Holy Spirit prophesied uh, by the prophet Joel in the Old Testament, and then reiterated by Peter in Acts chapter 2, where the church itself is being birthed, right, is this. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh, And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall see visions. I'm sorry, your young men shall see visions. But your old men 
shall dream dreams. Dream dreams. So I want to declare this morning, I'm an old man. And the Holy Spirit has been poured out upon me. And I dream dreams. But in terms of motivation, I'm not motivated by just any old dream. I love to dream the dream of God. Are you there? And this is what I'm talking about in this vision series. Now, I appreciate and support everything that Ian said last week, especially what Phil Osborne prophesied in the Christmas service at Bethlehem. It's time to dream again. How about that? And I want to throw in a caveat, however, because the intergenerational dream we as a church are pursuing began with my generation. And there's a bunch of you here on... Uh, Because I pastored all those years, I I find a whole lot of the language about dreaming in our culture is actually far, far too dreamy. Are you there? So I want to just focus on that just for a second. We live in a culture in which the cinema and the media, politics, even some self-help arenas as well, especially self-help arenas, there is this perpetuation of a postmodern myth, and it's this. Everybody's entitled to their dream. Have you heard that? Pursue your dream. You're entitled to it. That's not true. Seriously. And the entitlement goes this way. If you, this is what they say. You just live a hard, or just try hard enough in your life. Believe in yourself. And believe in your talents, and you'll get what you want. Just ask any waiter, waitress in Hollywood, New York, and Nashville how that works. Huh? Uh, I'm being being serious because when we talk about dreamy language, oh, we're going to dream the dreams of God, we're talking about something specific. In the church, when we talk about the dreams, we're not talking about leisurely and whimsically meditating on any sunny afternoon about all the possibilities that life has to offer me in order to fulfill who I am. That's not what we're talking about. That's what That's what the world talks about. That's not the way the dreams of God work. So my first point, and this is going to be quick this morning, as far as clarification or focus goes, is this. A dream from God, whether it comes in the form of a conscious revelation or in the midst of sleep, is filled with prophetic content, power, and destiny. That's the kind of dream we want to dream, yeah? Are you there? It's available to us. It comes from the Holy Spirit, from being filled with the Holy Spirit. So part of what Ian introduced last week is the theme of four generations dreaming the same dream. Abraham dreamt the dream. Isaac dreamt the dream. Jacob dreamt the dream. And Joseph dreamt the dream. And as far as intergenerational dreams go, we have no record of Abraham and Isaac actually dreaming in their sleep because all the dreams don't have to be from your sleep, okay? But they dreamed a revelational daydream from God and God said to them, I'm going to give you this land to you and all your offspring. And it is a prophecy concerning the land and the people of Israel that goes from generation to generation to generation to generation. You wonder why I'm drinking so much water. I'm, I'm prey to what's called esophageal spasms, and only cold water can deal with it. So I'm kind of sucking down the, the water here. Anyway, you can pray for me. Okay, 
But as Jacob and Joseph dream and hear from God, their dreams are dreams while they're sleeping. They're a little bit different than Abraham and Isaac. Either way, whether in slumber or not, they are all dreaming the singular dream of God across generations, and we at NC4 are entitled to dream the dream of God's for our lives and for the life of this church to a second generation, to a third generation, to, are you there? To a fourth generation until Jesus comes. Look, I get around to a lot of churches these days because I'm still working with the network of churches that we belong to called OFN, two other networks of churches. I'm preaching, I get around. There are so few churches like this church insofar as this is an intergenerational church. Huh? I, I, you know, I dedicated or officiated at the dedication of Pastor Ian, right? I had the privilege of marrying he and Selena, officiating at their marriage. And now I'm here looking at what the Lord hath done. That's kind of a neat thing. Yeah, amen. This is God. Not me. And my prayer is that this same vision continue as we move, move forward. See, our culture tells us, this is the next point, that we all have a right to dream our dream. How many of you have heard that? You know, from every guidance counselor in every high school, yeah? Uh, but the Bible tells us that only in God can we dream the right dream. Huh? The difference. And that's what we're talking about in the vision for NC4 that was presented last week. So I want to take just a, a, a moment and look at a dreamer in his dream. We're going to go to Genesis chapter 28 and begin in verse 10. And the context here is really interesting. Jacob is third generation, a third generation person ready to inherit the dreams of his fathers, Abraham and Isaac. But Jacob is a con man. Matter of fact, his name means con man, right? And the, the carnal dream that Jacob has been functioning under is that his inheritance and his success is all about him being able to connive, connive it into, into existence. He's got all kinds of conniving plans. So his older brother Esau is looking to kill him, problem, and he's on his way to get out of town, he's getting out of Dodge, and he isn't aware of it, but he's off to meet his cousin and future father-in-law, Laban, who is an even bigger con man than Jacob, all right? This is the way God does things. So here he is. He stops where God has spoken to his father, Abraham, to spend the night, and picking, he picks up in verse 10. I'm reading from chapter 28, verse 10. So Jacob left Beersheba and went toward Haran, and he came to a certain place and stayed there that night because the sun had set. And taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and lay down in that place to sleep. And as he dreamed, and behold, there was a ladder set up on the earth, and on the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, or check this out, the angels of God were ascending, and the verb means to ascend and approach someone. Well, who is that? And descending, and the verb here means to descend and carry something on it. So there's this exchange going on between heaven and heaven and earth. Verse 13. And behold, or check this out, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord. Elohe is the word. The God of Abraham, your father, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. This is an intergenerational declaration. 
The land on which you lie, I will give to you and to your offspring. Verse 14. And your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east. This is the same thing that God had said to Abraham in the same place two generations earlier. You there? So this is the reiteration of the same dream. Verse 15. Behold, I am with you and I will keep you wherever you go and I will bring you back to this land for I will not leave you until I've done what I promised you. Verse 16. And then Jacob awoke from his dream and said, surely the Lord, different word for Lord here, Yahweh, it's the covenant God. Elohim is the God of generations. Surely Yahweh is in this place and I didn't know it. And he was afraid. And he said, how awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God. That's Beit Elohim, the name of the intergenerational God. And the gate of heaven, Sha'ar Shamayim. <clears throat> and the name of the place became Betel, from which he have Betels. <laughs> the question becomes this. Why did Abraham and Isaac dream relatively revelatory conscious dreams? They didn't dream the dreams in their sleep. And why were they daydream believers and Jacob and Joseph were nightdream believers? Well, we don't have time to develop the whole thing, but I wanted to say this morning, let me get this, yikes. But I sense that Jacob and Joseph's dreams at first were so full of themselves that God had to invade their dreams that way. Are you there? They were dreaming dreams for themselves. Abraham and Isaac weren't. And if we follow out, they're forced to confront a reality as their dreams for themselves are converted over to the dreams of God. And they learn how to dream the dreams of God. So I'll close with this thought regarding NC4. If we're following God's purposes, we not only dream the dream you have to do the dream. We, excuse me. If we're following God's purposes, we not only dream the dream, you have to do the dream. Problem is we never can do it by ourselves. It's why we need generations. Huh? It's over course of time. And it's why we need each other. So, younger people, you're good, listen, here's the deal. You're all dreaming your dreams. And it's good to dream your dreams. But make sure that the dreams of God... Because if they're not, God's faithful, and he'll dream you right into his dreams, but it will take a little bit of adjustment in your lives. It's easier to do it now. I said to my kid when, when he was much, much younger, he's doing really great now, I remember saying to him, listen, my son, I know all the answers to the tests before you take the tests. Would you like the answers? He was about 18 years old. And essentially he said, Nah, I can do this by myself. And my response was, let me know how that works out for you. (laughs) Tag, you're it, next generation. Amen? Amen. Thank you for listening to the NC4 Podcast. For more info, visit our website at nc4.org. We believe in the power of a connected life. If you prayed to give your life to Jesus today, we'd love to help you walk it out together. Just text the word Jesus to 610-816-6062.